Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Brief. It's leap year day. Leap day in the leap year. It's February 29th. Comes once every four years. So happy leap day, everyone. Um, and uh, let's let's see who's here. Who do we got? Who do we got? We got Grace and Grit. Good morning. Scheisler. Kathy A. A. Kathy A. A. Uh, Whiskey Girl. We've got Mags. What's up, Mags? We've got Whiskey Girl. I said Whiskey Girl already and now said it three times. Rosie, what's up? Fat Chance. Good morning. And Fat Chance starting off with a rumble rant. Um, good day, fellow Badlanders. Best part of waking up is Badlands Media Project. Uh, thank you so much for that. And I agree. I think the best part of waking up for me is hanging out with you guys um, and reading the dystopian news of the day, because it definitely is today. We've got a, a really great brief. Um, good morning to Great Nana of Two and Chris Jock and uh, uh, Garbear, Mrs. Mrs. A. Watley. Um, good morning to Diana D11 and to Medbeds, who is most definitely going to troll me during the the brief this morning david's dog spa good morning and say hi to the uh to the pups for me and um let's get started oh hi real deacon david is here and pbj03 is here you guys are awesome dev house 01 good morning everybody good morning spunky patriot good morning all right let's talk about the badlands news brief badlands news brief is available monday through friday uh on badlands.org it's uh, badlands.substack.com. So that one is not Badlands Media. It's badlands.substack.com. rest of our links are Badlands Media. Make sure if you head over there that you uh, give it a like and um, reshare it on, on your Substack. If you have them, share it uh, around social medias if you have those. Today is Hunter Hunted as Metrics Turn Sharply on Establishment. And it's all very exciting. We're going to get into it in just one minute. But first... We're going to hear from one of our incredible sponsors, and I will be right back. Imagine a future where your body can restore, revive, and rejuvenate itself effortlessly. Frequency apps harness the power of specific frequencies to create patches that are changing the game. These patches are easy to use with no interactions and no side effects, making them highly convenient. Every set of frequencies is designed to enhance and naturally stimulate specific systems within your body. Once applied, these frequency apps emit targeted frequencies that communicate with your body, helping it awaken its natural responses without any side effects. With over 50 different frequency apps, each one is a masterpiece of subharmonic frequencies carefully embedded to perfection. Ready to take the leap into the future of homeopathy? This America First company is offering Badlands viewers up to 25% off when purchasing a monthly subscription. Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches and use code BADLANDS at checkout to enjoy an exclusive 5% discount or subscribe and save up to 25%. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches using promo code BADLANDS. All right, badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patch, patches, promo code BADLANDS. Make sure you get your, uh, your frequency apps. And um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into the news brief today because yesterday was a crazy news cycle. Uh, new, news cycle, and I would also like to say, um, if you missed DPH last night, you should go back and watch because pretty much all of these stories 
feature in that episode and they break them down, uh, you know, over the course of the show way, way better than we can in the one hour we have here. I'm also joining um, Brian again on daily today. So I will be uh, ending the show just, a, you know, 10, 10 minutes early or so, so I can get some more coffee and all that jazz. But let's get into it. Hunter Biden tells Congress his father was not involved in his business dealings. Hunter Biden testified Wednesday before two GOP House-led committees leading the impeachment inquiry into President Biden, telling lawmakers in a closed-door deposition that his father was not involved in his various business deals. In a prepared opening statement, the younger Biden contested the premise of the inquiry, saying, quote, he, he, quote, did not involve my father in my business, while noting that his testimony, quote, should put an end to this baseless and destructive political charade. It's Hunter. It's, hun it's Hunter's quote. For more than a year, your committees have hunted me in your partisan political pursuit of my dad, he said in his prepared remarks. You have trafficked in innuendo, distortion, and sensationalism, all the while ignoring the clear and convincing evidence staring you in the face. You do not have evidence to support these baseless and MAGA-motivated conspiracies about my father, because there isn't any Okay, first, Hunter, it would be there aren't any would be the appropriate way to say that. And also, we have your laptop. Republicans on the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees have long sought Hunter Biden's testimony, moving last month towards holding him in contempt of Congress before he agreed to testify voluntarily. They argued that Hunter Biden's testimony was a critical component of their impeachment inquiry, which is centered around allegations that the president profited off of his family members' foreign business dealings why, while he was vice president. All right, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, our take. Hunter Biden testified behind closed doors before the House Oversight Committee Wednesday, and Chairman James Comer said the next step is public hearings. Oh my God, you guys, how excited are you? Because we're definitely carrying the public hearings of Hunter Biden on Badlands. I think this was a great deposition for us. Uh, quote, I think this was a great dep deposition for us. It proves several bits of our evidence that we've been conducting throughout this investigation. The chairman said in a press briefing after the hearing, continuing, but there were also some contradictory statements that I think need further review. So this impeachment inquiry will now go to the next phase, which will be a public hearing. Matt Gates stopped to chat with reporters on a mid-hearing break, and he seemed more confident than ever that Joe Biden, the brand, was the value being exchanged via the younger Biden's business. Quote, it is a mirage to believe that Hunter Biden was engaged in international business. This was a bribe masquerading as an international business transaction. Nothing more, nothing less. Hunter Biden reruns were in marathon mode on social media with legislator sound bites and screen grabs from Marco Polo's Biden laptop report going viral again. Biden's son's overseas business dealings should feature prominently in the upcoming full-length blockbuster on impeachment. This Lollapalooza of narrative deployments is particularly fun because Democrats have zero argument for election interference. They've steamrolled every norm of an allowable conduct since 2015. They definitely still will argue election interference, don't get me wrong, but the net effect of that hypocrisy is eroded credibility with the electorate. There's also the question of whether Joe Biden will be competent enough to stand trial for high crimes and misdemeanors in the Senate, especially since her effectively found that he is not competent to stand, stand trial for lesser crimes. On that front, while his son was being probed by Republicans on the Hill, Scrotus underwent his annual physical. According to the report, the doctor's report, quote, the president feels well, and this year's physical identified no new concerns. 
He continues to be fit for duty and fully executes all of his responsibilities without any exemptions or accommodations. He also revealed that Biden was put on PAP sleep therapy therapy for sleep apnea and that he takes six medications for AFib, cholesterol, reflux, and seasonal allergies. There was also a large section about his gait and his feet and a confirmation of sensory peripheral neuropathy in his feet. That's doctor speak for stumbly wumbly diagnosis. So presidential, when asked how his physical had gone, the demented old fool said everything's squared away. There's nothing different from last year. Everything's great. I wonder if he's uh, heard a, heard about the public hearings. And of course, that was that was my take. Um, I did a thread over on Twitter that has the clips from the doctor's reports and the you know much a much more kind of detailed look at Joe Biden's um, doctor's report. He he does appear to be a healthy old man. Um, with the, the, uh, you know, relatively healthy old man with the health conditions that would come with being in his eighties, right? He's got, uh, you know, he's got stumbly wumbly disease. He's got neuropathy in his feet. That's impacting his ability to walk. They're in the report trying to put, that was the longest section of the report was like, they're, they're really trying to kind of lessen concerns about him falling all the time. And it was, uh, they're, they're trying to blame it on like, oh, well, he broke his foot. And so, you know, now he's trouble walking and that break in his foot caused neuropathy in his legs and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, we, we watch Biden walk. We watch him walk, you know, to Marine One. We watch him walk, you know, in circles on stage, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so when, uh, when, when we're all saying, hey, he looks like, you know, an old person, that's that's walking um that uh you know with all of the all of the characteristics of what it looks like for an 80 year old to to walk the fact that there is question about his ability to walk um is you know pretty pretty hilarious because we're talking about the president of the united states and the um you know he's got sleep apnea now he struggled with the mask for a little while and and it's it's difficult to get used to the to the mask i have sleep apnea and i use pap therapy to sleep and it's uh it's an adjustment but the you know doctor says he's doing great on that now um his cholesterol is under control uh he um what was one of the other ones he's got season he's got seasonal allergies and um eloquist he takes eloquist what was the eloquist for uh, I don't remember. Anyway, go check out my thread on Twitter where I've detailed, you know, a lot of this is kind of the, the take today is kind of a summary. Um, it said on, on the Twitter thread, it's over MAGA. He is uh, fit for office, according to the doctor. It's um, it's unfortunate that we're stuck with so many uh, demented old people. Uh, speaking of um, Mitch McConnell comes up later in the brief. We don't do that here. Former New York Times editor blasts the gray lady for bias and activism. It's hilarious because they totally do do that at the gray lady. They do bias and activism at the New York Times for sure. Former New York Times editor Adam, Adam Rubenstein has a lengthy essay at The Atlantic that pulls back the curtain on the newspaper and its alleged bias in its coverage. So he's pulling a Barry Weiss. The essay follows similar pieces from former editors and writers that range from Barry Weiss to Rubenstein's former colleague, James Bennett. The essay describes a similar work environment where even his passing reference to liking Chick-fil-A sandwiches led to a condemnation of shocked colleagues. How 
dare you um those those uh uh afib that's what the eloquence was for thanks guys um yeah pam winder got it yeah it was it was it was the afib that's what the the eloquence is for uh i don't take any prescription meds so i don't know but yeah that's uh that's correct that's that is how it was written as well um and chick-fil-a sandwiches are delicious so get out of here new york times an opinion section editor, Rubenstein was Stein was involved in the controversy over publishing Senator Tom Cotton's uh, Re Republican Arkansas op-ed, where he argued for the possible use of the National Guard to quell violent riots around the White House. It was one of the lowest points in the history of modern American journalism. Cotton was calling for the U.S. troops to restore order in Washington after days of rioting around the White House, while Congress would, quote, call in the troops... Uh, six months later, to quell the rioting at the Capitol on January 6th, New York Times reporters and columnists called the, called the column historically inaccurate and political incitement, incite, insightful, politically insightful. Repu uh, reporters insisted that Cotton was even endangering them by using the use, by suggesting the use of troops and insisted that the newspaper cannot feature people who advocate political violence. One year later, the New York Times published a column uh, by an academic who had previously declared that there was nothing wrong with murdering Republicans and conservatives, conservatives and Republicans. Rubenstein noted, on January 6, 2021, few people at the New York Times remarked on the fact that liberals were cheering on the deployment of the National Guardsmen to stop rioting at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., the very thing Tom Cotton had advocated. Instead, he describes an environment in which staff routinely rejected conservative viewpoints, subjective conservatives to added demands and editing, and faced staff, staff opposition to working on such pieces. Jonathan Turley. Um, so yeah, this is like, it, it's a, it, this feels like a rerun of Barry Weiss's resignation letter. Remember she did that, um, that open resignation letter where she basically said the same thing. Like this is an openly hostile environment to anything other than Marxism. And it sounds like others, uh, others at the New York times feel the same way. Um, the, <laughs> even the people that the New York times calls conservatives are not what we would call conservatives. They're still big government. They just believe in, you know, wielding the power of the state for more right-leaning causes than more left-leaning causes. Um, I'm opposed to all of that, by the way. I think authoritarianism should be opposed in all of its forms, even if it's even if it's your side by side doing the authoritarianism. Um, let's hear what Simon has to say about this story. Our take. The transformation of the news media through neo-Marxist brainwashing is an important influence to track. It represents the evolution of the Operation Mockingbird into a much more dangerous form. Its original form was based on inserting agents into news and media organizations, meaning they were conscious operators in a defined warfare operation. They also captured assets in the news who were friendly to their cause and were willing to engage in contract work. What we're seeing now is the result of generations of communist ideological subversion solidifying in substantial portions of the workforce. That's a fact. This means that they are weapons of the same deep state that ran Operation Mockingbird, but now they are communist operators driven by ideology instead of orders. In addition to all the potential agents operating in the MSM, there is now a growing portion of journalists who are fundamentally and philosophically against objective reality. Everyone who has ever argued that this war on objective reality 
has been deeply valued that this is a war on objective reality has been deeply validated by what this article has compiled. Decades of communist ideological subversion now manifest as a chorus of journalists all announcing objectivity is dangerous. Simon Esler. Yeah. Um, so reminder, the old gray lady, the New York Times, was uh, on the side of the Nazis in World War II. Um, and, uh, you know, his, his story, they pick sides. And what's really sad about it is that they are put up as the kind of beacon of journalism, right? You know, growing up and wanting to be a journalist and going to journalism school, the New York Times is the mothership, right? I mean, that's the that's the 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 golden opportunity. That's where you want to end up if you want to be a serious journalist. And what you find is that they're not serious journalists at all. At all, they're activists, and they're they're using their platform and the tools and all of the um, accolades and and awards and access that comes with being at the New York Times. Holy trolls this morning. Um, that that comes with being at the New York Times, they're using that for their political uh, agenda. That's not journalism. Um, it's at best activism, and um, you know, it's pro it's government propaganda kind of it, reality, right? We can try and spin it. Um, any way we spin it is not good for them. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's propaganda, and it's the New York times. It's that that's devastating. And that's why I think we see these op-eds, you know, from people like Barry Weiss and Rubenstein here in this one where they're, you know, th these guys are just, it, it appear, it would appear that these guys are just coming to terms with the fact that they're, um, uh, their, their ideas about journalistic integrity and about their role, their, their very honored and, um, you know, elevated role at the New York Times. Hey, you guys have been government propagandists. That's hard. It's hard for people who didn't get it. I, I mean, I, I figured out what was going on with the media. That was my first awakening was the media. I, it was, I was like 14 years old um, and realized that it was narrative. That was the, um, the Bush, uh, George Bush Sr., Bill Clinton, Ross Perot election in 1992. And, um, after after that, I, you know, I was still naive. I thought I could go into journalism and change it. Um, by the time I was done with journalism school, I realized that it was a captured entity, that it's, you know, handful of companies owning all of it and driving the narrative. Um, oh my gosh, there's a lot of a lot of discussion about CPAP. Thank you all for the medical advice. And uh naturally, Nikki, I will look into that. Thanks. All right. Text reveal shadowy role witness played in defense attorneys push to disqualify Willis from tr from Trump case. I um what so the guys talk about this last night on DPH. It's about an hour in and it's awesome. You should check it out. Um, Megan Kelly also uh, I saw this when Megan Kelly broke these. It was Phil Holloway um, that that broke them on his Twitter, but she did a whole video on it and I saw that and uh, it is interesting how much of the text messages did not come through in um, the the uh, exchange while he was on the stand. There's I, 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 you know, I I'm speculating, but I think that there were guardrails put in place in the in camera review where they were potentially not allowed to talk about certain aspects of this until the foundation had been laid. Um, but the, the texts are out now and they're pretty damning. Let's take a look. 
A key witness in the push to disqualify District Attorney Fannie Willis from the Georgia election case against Donald Trump had a much deeper involvement in the effort than was previously known, according to hundreds of text messages obtained by CNN. The 413 text between Terrence Bradley and Ashley Merchant, an attorney for one of Trump's co-defendants, reveal months of communication between the two, underscoring the extent to which Bradley assisted Merchant's pursuit of evidence to back up claims Willis and her top prosecutor, Nathan Wade, engaged in an improper romantic relationship. On Tuesday, Bradley reluctantly testified for more than two hours about the romantic relationship between Willis and Wade, Bradley's former law partner and one-time client. The text messages raised questions about Bradley's credibility and the degree to which Merchant appeared to rely on his claims that she was then unable to substantiate elsewhere. That's not true, CNN. They also shed new light on his testimony and how it failed to meet the expectations of defense attorneys who had billed Bradley as the star witness in their bid to disqualify witness uh willis this is a um this is a rewriting of history so it definitely shows that he was helping her bradley was helping merchant he was feeding her information he was giving her details he reviewed her motion and effectively improved approved it and then um on the stand we saw a totally different guy Right. The guy in the text is a different guy than was on the stand. And one of the things that we know is a throwaway question in the hearing. But I saw somebody did a thread on this on Twitter and it goes a bit deeper into it. Gabe Banks is the reason he changed his testimony. Uh, he he said something to that effect on the stand. It, you know, I, I heard from Mr. Banks and et cetera, et cetera. Mr. Banks is Bradley's friend um, and I think former former uh, colleague or peer. Um, but Banks's wife is Fannie Willis's chief of staff. And so, um, this is going to get really interesting because, uh, what, what, what we're talking about between the, the text messages and his testimony, we may be talking about witness tampering. This is, this is so must see TV guys. Tomorrow's hearing is going to be amazing. On Wednesday, Phil Holloway broke Fannie's text, and the takeaway is that Bradley Wade and Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney, perjured themselves. Bradley's absolute, uh, Bradley's absolutely, right, do you think it started before she hired him? Absolutely. Is benign compared to some of these other messages, inclu- including the next one in the thread. For example, according to Bradley, the affair began in 2020 when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton. You can see he says that here, and she's liked it. It started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton. They met at the Municipal Court Cleveland uh, Conference. That's what I figured when he was married. And then she says, is this accurate, Uh, referring to the motion? And he says, looks good. Um, There's a whole lot more in there. I encourage everybody to check it out. Check out DPH last night. Uh, Go follow Phil Holloway on Twitter, and you can look at the the text messages there. Burning Bright, Just Human, and John Harold went through the messages on last night's DPH about an hour into the show. It's damning. Friday's hearing is going to be lit. And I'm excited. You guys should be excited, too. You know what else I'm excited about? I'm excited about Badlands Shop. Welcome to the Badlands Media Shop, where we've partnered with Patriot Companies to offer products for just about every category of life. Browse the virtual shopping aisles and rest assured knowing that your purchases align with your values. Shop with peace of mind, avoiding woke companies with woke principles while supporting your favorite podcasters. 
Whether you're shopping for everyday household items or a unique gift for that special someone, skip the big box store and head over to the Badlands shop first. Support a Patriot business and Badlands with every purchase from boomerangs. Yes, those boomerangs to gun holsters from children's books to pet food. We have just about everything and we're just getting started. Thank you, Badlanders, for your continued support and patriotism. We couldn't do this without you. One more time, that is badlandsmedia.tv slash shop. And um, you guys, uh, if you want to find other ways to support Badlands Media, you can head over to um, badlandsmedia.tv. And there's a whole bunch of options there. We've got uh, badlandsmedia.tv slash boost. You can go over and leave a message um, and you know give, give, give a tip to your favorite creators upon your favorite show or special event coverage. And um, this is like a rumble ramp, but it, uh, first of all, we get a, a greater portion of it. Uh, you know, there's, there's less of a, a middleman fee in that, but also it doesn't go away after the stream. It's kind of our message board that stays and is, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty cool the way that it stays up there and we can go back and see and read. And we're all, I think, getting a little bit better about um, reading the boosts on the shows. Uh, I, I actually checked this morning to see if we had any Um which is, you know, that that's I'm getting I'm getting into the habit of doing that. You can also um, shop America First Companies at the Badlands Shop, as we just talked about. And don't forget to become a Badlander if you go over to uh, BadlandsMedia.tv and click on Connect and, be, and then navigate to Be a Badlander. You can be you are opting in to uh, opting in to be alerted for new shareable content. To be the street team, you get flyers and and, and um, sticker templates and clips from shows, stuff to share and uh, be awesome. And then by all means, guys, number one metric we care about, please hit that thumb. Um, it is it, it it really does drive a lot. And actually, uh, you know, we talk about the leaderboard. Patrick is much better um, at at whoring for likes than I am. But I did look last night and you guys yesterday, we got to number 16 on the leaderboard, which is uh, at least for the shows, Patrick may have surpassed number 16. Um, But for me, that's a, that's a high for this show. So well done. And please smash the thumb again today. Let's, let's see if we can beat it. Uh, All right, let's get back. Uh, Chippery 21, our government demands DNA for paternity and crimes, but won't use it to prove presidency. Health checks don't matter, even if it's not the right DNA. Yeah, I think we have a um, culture of hypocrisy and a culture of selective justice, right? Equitable justice, to be more precise. Um, But absolutely, Chippery 21, agree with you. Uh, And thank you so much for the rant. All right. Major shot across Biden's bow. 100,000 plus Michigan Dems vote uncommitted. I think this is a very interesting story, you guys. An initiative organized by dissident Democrats, Democrats outraged over President Biden's handling of the Israel-Gaza war has sent a powerful shot across the bow of his presidential campaign as more than 100,000 Democrats voted uncommitted in the Michigan primary. That's more than nine times former President Trump's 10,704 vote victory margin in his 2016 defeat of Hillary Clinton in a critical swing state that will be worth 15 electoral votes in the November general election. Critically, that 100,000 voter coalition turned out for a primary election where the conclusion was foregone. There are likely many more who share their sentiments but didn't bother voting. Oh, another troll. Hang on a second. 
Damn trolls. Damn trolls distracting me while I'm reading about Rashida. With more than 95% of votes counted, uncommitted accounted for a hefty 13.3% of the statewide total. Biden had 81.1%, while Marianne Williamson, who suspended her campaign three weeks ago, was edging the still campaigning Rep. Dean Phillips 3% to 2.7%. Wayne County, home of Dearborn and its largest Muslim population, saw 21% vote uncommitted with 75%. Of the, of the count completed. Michigan has one of the largest Muslim populations in America, angered by Biden's lopsided support for Israel and failure to restrain an Israel, Israel Defense Forces campaign that has caused tens of thousands of civilian casualties, including a high proportion of children. Leaders have promoted a nationwide campaign to abandon Biden, an allied effort under the moniker of Listen to Michigan, was championed by Michigan rep Rashida Tlaib. Zero hedge. Um, BB has the uh, the take on this one today. But I want to say yesterday in the Colorado State House, there was a BDS hearing, um, you know, boycott, divest, and sanction. And it was brought by a representative um, called Elizabeth Epps. She is the one who back in the uh, special session, so like October, November of uh, 2023, She was the one who was screaming up from the gallery. She left the floor and went up and sat in the gallery with her people. And she was heckling the Jewish uh, representatives that were speaking at the podium. Um, So she doesn't have like a a reputation for strong decorum. Anyway, yesterday's they did this BDS hearing. She wasn't the chair, but it was her bill that they were uh, debating. It was, I'm told, the, the hearing room was full and the overflow room was full. And there was a lot of uh, Jewish constituents and a lot of Muslim constituents. I tuned in for the closing remarks and I was really impressed. I'm going to take a lot of shit for this in Colorado. But I was really impressed with the quality of the discourse. There were, you know, a lot of the the conversations that we've tried to navigate here, um, you know, on especially I would say probably for, for my part, mostly on daily, um, that we've tried to navigate about how to deal with this, this, you know, October 7th and resulting war activity, um, they, they really attempted to have a respectful discussion. The bill died. It was, I think only, um, uh, two legislators, the sponsor and one other voted for it. Everyone else, inclu- mostly Democrats, cause the, um, committees aren't balanced. Uh, everyone else voted against it because it was, you know, viewed as, um, asymmetrically treating, Jewish people instead of Palestinians, right? We're going to do all these things to make Palestinians feel better, but that's going to marginalize the Jewish communities of our constituents. And that, um, that, that line was said by what, who I would consider one of the most radical members of the state house. And so I, I, all that to say, um, this is a, a difficult issue that divide, that is not, it's not a party line issue, right? There's both of the parties are divided, along the ceasefire and support for Israel and um, all of those things. And I, and I did think for the, for all the horrible child rapist enabling things that they do in Denver, I did find that that conversation was respectful and um, kind of an example. Uh, And again, I'll get a lot of shit for that in Colorado because you're not, we, we, you know, throwing, throwing up a a thumbs up for rep Epps is uh, 
It's a, it's a bold move, Cotton. Our take. I think there's a lot more signal coming out of the Michigan primary than uh, than mo- primary results than most of the truth community is discussing. As most headlines and commentary have been relegated to the mimetic quality of Nikki Haley's continued political death spiral. It's fair, BB, but it's also been really fun to dunk on Nikki Haley. And this d- headline is a fantastic example of what's really got the establishment spooked about the whole thing. I often argue that to win a mind war, you don't need the enemy psychological combatants to adopt your paradigm. You only need them to abandon their own. Michiganders are defecting from Biden and the squad is leading the charge. The media continues to hedge their bets by trying to massage a narrative that Trump is somehow underperforming despite doing just the opposite. This doesn't mean they won't try to steal the election again. In fact, it guarantees that they will. But I think some of these headlines do suggest they know it will be catastrophic to do so again, and it's going to be even more obvious than the last time. Burning bright. All right. Coinbase users see zero balance after crypto trading app suffers glitch. Bitcoin's app suffered from glitches on Wednesday that led many users to see a balance of zero when opening their accounts. Bitcoin, which had just spiked to its highest level since November 2021, lost about $2,800 over, uh, or over 4% in a matter of minutes shortly after noon Eastern time as reports of the outage spread on social media platform X and elsewhere. Quote, we are aware that some users may see zero balance across their Coinbase accounts, may experience errors in buying or selling, Coinbase said in a statement to CNBC. Our team is investigating this issue and will provide an update shortly. Your assets are safe. Bitcoin has been surging of late, topping 60000 on Wednesday for the first time since 2021, reaching a collective market cap of nearly $1.2 trillion. Coinbase posted an update on X later in the day, informing users that, quote, we're beginning to see improvements in customer trading, though because of increased traffic, some customers may still see errors in logins, sends, receives, and with some payment methods. CNBC. Bitcoin was running on Wednesday, and when I went to check my Coinbase, my total was zero. It came back relatively quickly, and when I saw that Coinbase was trending for the glitch, it made me feel better. Usually, if something weird happens in one of my wallets, I assume user error. Not this time. The $2,800 Bitcoin price dip is being blamed on the Coinbase glitch, but the zeroed accounts spooked some investors into selling their Bitcoin within minutes. Bitcoin lost about $2,800 or over 4% in a matter of minutes shortly after noon time as reports of the outage spread on social media platform X and elsewhere. The conspiracy theorist theorist and me is triggered. The story is that people learned on social media that there was a Coinbase glitch and their first and immediate within minutes reaction was to sell their Bitcoin while it's running up to 2021 heights. Is it just me or is is that unbelievable? Bitcoin is north of 62,000 as I write this and earlier Wednesday it passed 64. As G-Money says, everyone gets Bitcoin at the price they deserve, but to be on the safe side, maybe avoid Coinbase. Um, so back in November of 2021, there was a, uh, a, a glitch, another glitch, um, and a lot of people got wrecked. And so, you know, the fact that they, there's a platform, a, a, you know, a, 
a glitch on the exchange on, on the platform Coinbase, which should not be able to actually impact the mechanics of Bitcoin at all, right? But within minutes, there was a, um, a resulting reaction. I know I'm a conspiracy theorist, guys, but I find that unbelievable. All right, let's talk, before we get into our bonus items, let's talk about Angel Paste Orange, which I am very excited about. Attention, all proud patriots of the USA. Are you ready to elevate your skincare routine to new heights of natural luxury? Introducing our premium sweet orange infused angel paste, meticulously crafted with only the finest grade food, finest food grade plant oils for your indulgence. Picture this, the vibrant scent of ripe oranges invigorating your senses with every application while nutrient rich oils deeply nourish and hydrate your skin. But what sets this version of angel paste apart? is our secret weapon, sweet orange essential oil loaded with vitamin C, a powerful detoxifier known to revitalize and brighten your skin. Made with love and dedication in spring, Texas, Angel Paste embodies the essence of American quality and purity. It's not just about the luxurious experience. It's about embracing the spirit of wellness and natural living. With each pump, you're not just treating your skin, you're making a statement a statement of allegiance to the land of the free and the home of the brave. Angel Base embodies the values of freedom, purity, and excellence that define the American spirit. Join the ranks of those who demand the best for their skin in their country. Elevate your skincare routine with a sweet orange essential oil infused angel paste where natural ingredients meet American pride. Because in America, we believe in nothing less than the best. Go to badlandsmedia.tv slash angel paste. And don't forget to use promo code badlands to pry a dollar from Patrick's hands. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash angel paste promo code badlands. And uh, your skin really will drink it up. All right. McConnell will step down as the Senate Republican leader in November after a record run on the job. Mitch McConnell, McConnell, glitch McConnell, the longest serving Senate leader in history, who maintained his power in the face of dramatic convulsions in the Republican Party for almost two decades, will step down from that position in November. McConnell, who turned 82 last week, announced his decision on Wednesday in the well of the Senate, the chamber where he looked in awe from its back benches in 1985 when he arrived and where he grew increasingly comfortable in the front row seat afforded the party leaders. Quote, one of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. So I stand before you today to say that this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. AP News. That, that I'm sorry, that last quote is this, this, this right here. This right here is so special that uh, what is Mitch McConnell, 110 years old? He uh, he openly glitches in the middle of press conferences, meaning it appears that he resets, like that his brain reboots and he's law, you know, and he's kind of got to got to kind of reorient. And we're going to see here. We're going to now um, Rich Grinnell posted yesterday about all of the judges that Mitch McConnell and President Trump put into office during his term and that is you know something commendable allegedly i mean i hope we start to see the impact of those judges soon there have been um some you know I, I, some uh 
good moments in the justice system, but I still think it's way too asymmetrical and we need to see the impact of all those judges that they place. But aside from the judge thing, Mitch McConnell has been a, an absolute disgrace. Um, he's also uh, got some real concerning Chinese ties and is another example of an octogenarian who got rich off the backs of the American people. So good freaking riddance glitch. Immigration surges to the top of most important problem list, Gallup. Significantly more Americans name immigration as the most important problem facing the U.S., 28%, than did a month ago, 20%. Immigration has now passed the government as the most official cited problem after the two, two issues tied for top position the past two months. The government ranked first each month from January through November 2023. In the latest poll, 20% of Americans named the government as the most important problem, followed by the economy, 12%, and inflation, 11%. Immigration is the only issue that has shown meaningful change in the past month. The latest results are based on a February 1st, 20, uh, 1st through 20th Gallup survey. Immigration has ranked ahead of all other issues as the most important problem before having done last done so five years ago when there was a surge of attempted border crossings by Central American migrants. Immigration also ranked as the number one problem in July and November 2018 and July 2014. Gallup started compiling mentions of immigration in 1981. The 28% currently naming immigration as the most important problem essentially ties the 27% reading from July 2019 as the highest in Gallup's trend. That feels like a little bit of narrative massaging, doesn't it? 28% uh, essentially ties the 27%. Um, sounds like you broke a record and you don't want to admit it. Generally, how these things go. The, the the will of the people is devastating to the narrative. And anytime that these polls, uh, you know, they, 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 these these big polling companies, New York Times and Siena College, for example, you guys have heard me mention that October uh, 2022 poll many, many times. They it, th their results shocked them. The results of the poll put out by the you know central controller CIA polling companies got their results back absolutely shocked them. Judge sets April trial date for ex-FBI informant charged with false intel about the Bidens. This is a uh, Smirnoff. And this is another great uh, break. There's a great breakdown from Kyle on this last night um, on DPH. So again, if you missed it, check it out. It was a great episode. The former FBI informant who was charged with providing false information to agents about President Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden during the 2020 presidential campaign is scheduled to face trial in April. Alexander Smirnoff will face trial on April 23rd before U.S. District Judge Otis Wright in Los Angeles, according to the court docket. At a hearing on Monday, the judge ordered that Smirnoff be held until trial. Federal prosecutors charged Smirnoff earlier this month with making false statements and creating a false and fictitious record. He has pleaded not guilty to the charges. They allege in the indictment that he provided false derogatory information to the FBI about the Bidens, including promoting during an interview with FBI agents in September 2023, quote, a new false narrative after he said he met with Russian officials. In a filing last week, prosecutors wrote that some information Smirnoff had shared about the Bidens came from, quote, officials associated with Russian intelligence. They added that Smirnoff, quote, is actively peddling new lies that could impact U.S. elections after meeting with Russian intelligence officials in November. Some of the false claims Smirnoff told the FBI in involved 
that uh, told the FBI involved that executives associated with Ukrainian energy company Burisma, where Hunter Biden had worked, had paid the Bidens $5 million each. Smirnoff said that a Burisma official said it would take 10 years for investigators to locate illicit presidents, uh, sorry, illicit payments and illicit presidents, illicit payments to President Biden, according to the indictment. NBC News. Um, what do you guys think? You think Smirnoff is uh, is telling the truth or do you think Joe Biden is telling the truth? I don't think that there is any universe in which Joe Biden is telling the truth, certainly not in which Hunter Biden is telling the truth. And it sounds like the um, the hearing yesterday with Hunter Biden and the upcoming public hearings that we're going to be getting, according to James Comer, sounds like those are going to be, uh, you know, prominent, prominently featured in the, the insights of those, I should say, will be prominently featured in uh, in in the. Um, uh, Smirnoff trial, the impeachment stuff, the inquiry and the details that come out of Hunter Biden's testimony should help Smirnoff. I would think if it says what we think it does, uh, then I think that that's, I think that's what would, ha what would happen. Um, all right, everybody, that is the brief and I'm going to get out of here because I am going to get some coffee and, uh, stretch my legs before sitting down with Brian for a couple hours to talk about, uh, all the newsy, all the super newsy things. Um, and damn trolls today. Uh, all right. So, uh, smash the thumb, please. That is the, the number one metric. And I'm looking over now and it looks like we have 3,300 people watching and about 500 likes. So, um, we definitely want to, want to get that number up because getting that number up will help us climb up that board. And like I said, last night we were number 16 and that's, um, that's a really great result for this show. So please help us, uh, help us get up there, help us surpass it. And, um, just take, just takes two seconds to smash that thumb. You can also share the show and share Badlands more broadly. I will see you guys in about 10 minutes over on Badlands daily. And, uh, with that, everybody have an absolutely phenomenal day. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media.